Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Now hold on a minute, you might be saying. Didn't we just hear that reading? Didn't we just talk about the Ten Commandments? Like last week? Isn't that a little soon to hear this text again? What's the big idea? Well, yes, you are right. We did just talk about the Ten Commandments last week, and specifically about this very one, the commandment about the Sabbath. But here's the thing. The Ten Commandments are such an important part of Scripture that they show up not just once in the Bible, but twice. First, in the book of Exodus, where Moses comes down from Mount Sinai with the tablets and reads them to the people. Our reading last week came from that story. The second time the Ten Commandments turn up is in the book of Deuteronomy. This whole book is presented as a series of sermons that Moses gave to God's people on the edge of the Promised Land. Forty years have passed since Moses first came down the mountain with the tablets. The people have been wandering in the wilderness ever since and are now about to leave that chapter behind and begin a new and settled life. And there, with the Promised Land practically in sight, Moses goes over the Ten Commandments one more time to be sure that these central pillars of the communal life are in place. The commandments are just the same ten. The passages from Exodus and Deuteronomy are very, very close, nearly identical in places. But there is an important difference, and it comes down to this commandment. The command itself is the same in the two lists. Remember or observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Do all your work in six days and on the seventh day do none. You, your son or your daughter, or your male or female slave, or any of your livestock, or the resident alien in your towns. The what of the commandment is the same in both places. Set this day apart and cease from working. But the why is different. You might remember that in the command found in Exodus, the one that we read last week, we are instructed to rest because God did. Because after six days of work and creation, God took a day to pause, to sit back, and to simply enjoy and appreciate the world and the goodness of life. We're made in the image of God, so that pattern of work and rest, inhaling and exhaling, is meant to be our pattern as well. That's one reason to keep the Sabbath. That's the reason that Exodus gives. And Deuteronomy offers another. Here there is no mention of God's rest at all. Instead, the commandment is to be kept as an expression of freedom. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, The Lord commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Remember that you were once enslaved in Egypt, and you are no more. That's the reason Deuteronomy gives for keeping the Sabbath. Do this to remember that you are free. If you've been joining in worship in these recent weeks, you know that we are exploring Sabbath throughout the season of Lent. We're spending time with the biblical command to rest, wondering what it means to keep this tradition today as individuals and as a community. It's a rich topic, and our reading today invites us to approach it from this different angle, as a way to live into the liberation 
that God provides. So it might seem strange at first that Moses would need to remind the people that they were once slaves in Egypt. I mean, how could they not remember? The way the Bible tells it, the Hebrew people were enslaved to Pharaoh for generations, their lives completely at the mercy of the king and his taskmasters. They were made to make bricks for Pharaoh's building projects, enduring constant indignity and a lack of agency over their lives. Slaves are not given a day to just do nothing. They aren't given time to simply enjoy their lives. Only free people can do that. The Sabbath is a reminder of the people's history of enslavement and the liberation God brought about for them. How could it not be? But it seems that Moses is concerned. The experience of Egypt is already 40 years behind the people, and many, maybe most of those gathered on the edge of the Promised Land hadn't actually endured Pharaoh's oppression. And as Walter Brueggemann puts it so succinctly, Moses knows that prosperity breeds amnesia. Sure, when the people were newly freed and just beginning to make their way in the wilderness with nothing but one another and their trust in God, they could easily remember what a gift freedom is. They could remember how they had been worked to the bone and so ruthlessly driven that they had no time to enjoy the creation, no space to appreciate the world around them, no energy left to cultivate a common life with their neighbors. But someday, Moses knew, the people might find themselves in a different situation where they had plenty and the memory of enslavement and liberation was forgotten and life was about getting ahead and staying ahead rather than about embracing the freedom God offers and ensuring that it is given for all people. Moses knew that having much can make one forgetful. Prosperity breeds amnesia. So keep the Sabbath, he said. Keep it to remember that life is not about endless work and the drive to acquire things and get ahead. Keep this day to remember that you are free, that the old story of liberation is your story. Thankfully, the sort of slavery the people experienced in Egypt is very far from most of our personal experience. We enjoy all kinds of freedom in our daily lives. And yet for many of us, certainly me included, it can feel practically impossible to take a day to simply rest. Why is that? Why is this commandment, the one that asks us to do absolutely nothing, such a hard one to keep? We are free people, but we can forfeit that freedom in all sorts of ways. We can become bound to a kind of perfectionism, feeling that everything we, need, we do needs to be just right. We can become bound to a need to impress, always striving to look a certain way in the eyes of others. We can become bound to a drive to acquire, storing up more treasures for ourselves, imagining that with more we will finally be satisfied. We can become bound to unrealistic expectations, following our culture's insistence that we must be productive and efficient, morning till night, day after day. This is part of the gift of the Sabbath. It is a day to break those sorts of bonds, to rest, and remember that in the grace of God, we are truly free.
This past week, a number of us from the congregation visited the synagogue of the liberal Jewish community in Geneva, and we spoke with Rabbi Francois about the Sabbath. He was really a delight to listen to, thoughtful and wise and eloquent, and he told us what he does on the Sabbath every week. He plans ahead, preparing his food earlier in the week so that he won't have to cook during the Sabbath, just heat things up. He turns off his computer on Friday afternoon and won't start it again until Sunday morning. He goes to services at the synagogue, of course. He visits people and enjoys long, leisurely conversations. He reads books that have nothing to do with his work, ones that are purely enjoyable to read. And sometimes, he said, he goes to a movie. I asked what he tells his congregation members to do, how they should observe the Sabbath what they should and shouldn't do on that day. And he tells them just what he told us. He describes how he personally keeps the Sabbath. He spends the day engaging with the community, engaging with God, and doing things that do not feel like work for him, that remind him he is free. That's what the day's for, and it is up to each person to figure out what that means for her. Rest is a basic need. We all need time to recharge and rejuvenate, but Sabbath rest is more than that. In bringing us back to this gift of liberation, reminding us that in God's mercy, we are free people, it can reorient our lives. Again, Walter Brueggemann says this beautifully. Sabbath is not simply a pause. It is an occasion for reimagining all of social life, away from coercion and competition, to compassionate solidarity. Such solidarity is imaginable and capable of performance only when the drivenness of acquisitiveness is broken. Sabbath is not simply the pause that refreshes. It is the pause that transforms. Yes, we're free to relax, but it's more than that. We're free to imagine a better world, a world of generosity and justice and compassion and neighborliness. Keeping Sabbath, taking regular time to bask in the goodness and givenness of life, reminds us of that fact. Rest is not just a suggestion or a good idea in the Bible. It is a command. But friends, what a gift this is as well. To be called into holy time, to have our daily grind interrupted, to be reminded that in the love of God, we are free. God has brought us out of all that would enslave us. In that great love, we can leave behind our worries, consider all God has done, and live. Thanks be to God. Amen.